Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have undefeated Cage Warriors legend, our mate, Ian, the future, Gary! <laughs> What's up, boys? Ian, you're a bloody resident on the show, you know what I mean? Uh, here, ring up Grant Boyd in there and ask him, do they need uh, any spare ring announcers? I can be like the understudy. You're learning from Bruce Buffer, is what you're doing. Yeah, Taking yeah. Well, he language. gave me he gave me good advice that time I met him. You know, he was like he was like exactly. Yeah. He was like Ross, you're next. When I retire, when I'm ninety, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's no, he's never gonna retire. He's never. He is yeah. the best job ever. Like, oh, honestly, man. he gets it's so easy. Like he has no no stress whatsoever. All he has to do is call a name. Oh, um, fair enough. Sometimes he does. Like when he's calling out like Ioanni and Jacek or Karolina Kalkovevich, that's stressful yeah. trying to get those names right. Yeah. yeah, but you'll get once you, once you ask them and you get them right, they're done. That's it. it. With Bruce Buffer, it doesn't look like he was just made to do that. Like, he was like, you were He's going. So to it's just, and even He's his so brother, Michael. But, uh, yeah. yeah, for the people that are just tuning in, how's it going? This weekend, UC 250's on. Ian was on previously for the UC 249 breakdown. And uh, he actually won with his, with his calls. Ian got eight, eight right. Uh, myself and Ross got six. So, like, you, you should be listening. He's the pick champion. He is the pick champion. <laughs> uh, uh, Done well that day. But uh, it, was well. just, it was just Ian currently voice with Cage Warriors for people that don't know. And it was actually announced by Graham Boylan, who's in charge of Cage Warriors, that they could be set for a return in September. So, Ian, tell us some news, will you? Wow, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. I said to my mom, I came down, I came home yesterday. Um, and I was like, man, 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 man. We're good. We're going. We're going. We're going. It's September. That's the date they posted it up. Book the flights to Belfast. Like, yeah, my dad was my dad was like, Oh, I seen that, I seen that. I hope I hope it's Belfast. That'd be great. Um yeah. and it means they're not they have the venue booked, so it's perfect already if um they need that. So I'm hoping that's kind of the the case. I don't really care where it is. They might stay over in England so that the staff don't have to fly away. I don't really know what the story is, but um I sent the boss man a text and I told him I'm ready when he needs me. Yeah, I'm here, he knows what's up. Um yeah. But yeah, I'm just buzzing now that I have a, not a date, but I have a, a time frame. I yeah. know that come August, September, because it could be a little bit earlier, could end up being uh, August. So I know now. There's light at the end uh, of the tunnel. Exactly. And there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a time. doesn't matter when it is in August, September, but there's a time frame roughly there put in place. So I know um, I'm looking forward to it now. I'm, in, I, I, like, I'm literally in a zone. Now where I'm like right, it's fight camp. I said it to my mates the other day. I was like, look, this lockdown's been great. Seeing as all I've seen some of my mates more than I have in the last couple of weeks than I have over the last two three years. And I said, that's it. I'm gone. I love his and leave his, but I'll be back down the rabbit hole. I'll see you in a couple of months. Well, that's cool for you as well. You know, what I mean, you're still a young lad, so yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, that's cool. It's nice people. to keep the connections. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And also, like I was just saying there the other day that. Uh, as much Zoom conversations as you have, there's still not that energy off it. That, that it's not. It's not 100 the same. You know what I mean? It's just no, and I agree. And that's that. That's the type of person I am. Like I can, I can be energetic over the phone, and I can kind of, I can try change the the kind of the feeling by just being a bit more hyperactive. But when I'm in a group, if like if I was sitting with the two of you now, you'd feel like I can feel the energy, and I thrive off stuff like that. When people get excited, I start getting jittery and like yes and I said getting a bit mad, but um, yeah, no, I'm just. I, it was great having the lockdown. Like I, I, I took the lockdown as a positive. It was a time where I yeah. got to um, 
I got to kind of relax, rewind. And over the last couple of years, I've just been hell set on, on, on making it to, to where I am right now. And it's kind of gone, right, you've got a couple of months break now, and then you're straight back on it. So it's like a, a, a refresh. It is, so isn't I get it? To go, yeah, I get to go back in now and and do my thing and enjoy it even more. And people are going to want it more because we haven't had it for a while. And I hope, hopefully I kind of think the hype might be more. I, I think it could possibly be more, more hype now. What because you mean, everybody yourself? wants it. Yeah, I think so. I think because people have always, they wanted it more so than if it was just, it was going to happen anyway. Whereas now as they've been deprived of kind of my fights and they're going to look forward to coming out to my fights or watching the fights or going to one of the lads to watch it because it's going to be behind closed doors or something. It'll give people, my mates, my friends, my family, all that. It'll give them all something to look forward to and to tune into. So I'm just taking it as a positive and I'm looking forward now. We've got a date and I'm going to go in there and scalp someone and, and do my job. And that's what they say, the future is inevitable. And uh, we love following your road to greatness. But speaking of greatness, there was a bit of controversy there the other day with you, Ian. Do you want to tell, tell everyone what happened? Who's right. after Jerome? No. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> Wait, what's your address again? <laughs> but, uh, no, so basically I put up a, t- uh, a post today and Ross, me and you had a little bit of back and forth about it. But I... Uh, it's actually, it's a very good conversation. I was talking to my friends about it and we got into kind of a, a discussion. But I put up a post saying, who are the three greatest athletes of all time? Now, obviously, it's, it's very broad. I mean, the word athlete, it doesn't specify specifically what I'm, what I'm asking for or whatever, but that's the beauty of it is I'm not asking for something specific. I'm asking for your opinion, your kind of interpretation of what the word athlete means does your word athlete mean a freak of nature like a gsp who could have been like a, a usc fighter a sprinter an olympians for for all we know does it mean like a usain bolt who could go out and run faster than any man on the planet and it's just a freak or do you does it mean someone who is the best at winning does it mean someone like michael phelps Who's literally just who's won more medals in the in the in the Olympics than countries have? Um, it all it's all open up to ter- interpretation. So mine were uh, Michael Jordan, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Tom Brady. The reason I picked all three of them was because every single one of them are hardworking, determined, and they all want to win above everything else, regardless of whatever happens their will to win is, is always greater than the other person and you've seen that time and time again that's why Ronaldo is so good Tom Brady is so good and obviously Ronaldo and Jordan are freaks but the conversation me and, me and Ross had was about Tom Brady and my argument was yeah Tom Brady's not the fastest he's not the biggest he's not the strongest he doesn't have all the bells and whistles the biceps the muscles looks like he's carved from granite but what's the what's what's the point in having all that stuff if you're not uh if you're not wired right from the inside if your head isn't in the right spot and you can't you can't mentally focus or you you haven't got the mental strength to back yourself up and push yourself forward day in day out every day wake up strive to be better then then what's the point so that's why I put him there I mean he was he was counted out from from day one he was the 199th draft pick and. He's the greatest of all time in, in, in the NFL. He's six Super Bowls, you know what I mean? And yeah, he's he, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but 
it's his mindset that that I picked for for one of the greatest, and that that's why I put him down. So it's a good it's a good little conversation to get into and to have a have the argument about because I mean you could sit here and t- and say three people that I would never even think about it, but you can come up with a valid excuse for all of them. It's it's just kind of nice to yeah. listen to. Yeah, it almost seems like there's no real wrong answer. There isn't. It, yeah, it's except all Tom Brady. If <laughs> 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 well, I think it's the way you interpret the question and I interpreted yeah. it as an athlete and the way I interpreted it was if you took three people and then they had to play any sport who mm. would win the most out of any sport Who'd so you say? My, I said Usain Bolt because like fast man of all time yeah, uh, I'd be useful somewhere <laughs> yeah but put him in the water I'm not good Man, have you seen have you seen those legs? The he be, he, be, he be like a motorboat in there. That engine. Uh, I pick LeBron James. I think LeBron James is probably the best athlete to ever play sports, yeah. just as like a physical specimen. Yeah. And I then I pick GSP to finish off it because like he he's my uh, my personal favorite. And then like when I was watching him do the gymnastics uh, as part of his MMA training, I was like, oh, he's he's next level. Yeah. So he, he's and, more gone for almost gone more for mind mentality, and you've gone for like physical attributes. Well, yeah, well, I, well, I think Ronaldo. all three would uh, tick that box as well. I actually think I might yeah. pick Ronaldo as well. I actually think I did the fourth, didn't I? Ronaldo, when I said it, Ronaldo, I think I think Ronaldo's a dead sir. I mean, yeah. Like I mean, again, here's another argument: Ronaldo or Messi? Do you pick Messi because of his sheer talent and just his ability to do something with a ball that is just unteachable kind of you can't teach someone to do the stuff with a ball that he does with his feet yeah. whereas Ronaldo is just you've, you've heard stories from all his teammates he's the first one in he's the last one there like it wasn't there a story about someone he signed for Real Madrid or he signed for Juventus or something like that and uh, he was like oh I'm going to make a great impression I'm going to show up to training an hour early so that all the lads know I'm serious and when he arrived to the training ground, Ronaldo was sitting there on the field kicking free kicks or something like that. And like he was an extra two hours earlier or something like that. That's the stuff I'm, I'm talking about. Mental stuff that, that can't be... You can't teach someone to be mentally strong or to be mentally mm. pushed. Not, you're, you're born with it, you're not. Mm. But like Ronaldo can, Ronaldo can sit there and go to the gym and he can do everything to make his body better. I'm choking Tom Brady, but he doesn't need to. Because... Their, me- their mind does the winning for them it's fast it's- so that that was my aspect on that and that's the way I look at it like you can throw Conor McGregor into that if you want to think of mindsets and stuff like that and Kobe Bryant and Michael Phelps and all them and Usain Bolt they're all they're all top level mm-hmm. athletes but it's, it's just a good conversation to get into oh, I think if the question was who is the most top three dominant athletes of all time yeah you definitely have to consider Tom Brady uh, you definitely have to consider Michael Jordan uh, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, uh, Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods was like world number one for over ten years. You could put like, Roy Keane in there. You could put Roy Keane in there definitely with mentality. Yeah, yeah, you could. Well, if I think if you're gonna see this, is the thing if you're gonna say that the top, the top three most dominant people athletes. Well, then for me, you can't can't look past Bolt and Phelps. Like Phelps has yeah. won more medals than countries have, yeah. and he's like he's literally a fish. And then Mayweather maybe. 50 fights in yeah. boxing undefeated sure. I mean, how can you how did Michael Phelps not get uh, cast as Aquaman I don't know that would have been <laughs> unbelievable like it makes sense it makes yeah. sense uh, yeah although I'm a big fan of Jason Momoa 
Uh, he has to be the coolest bloke on the planet. Yeah, he loves a point against the bell, Bass. You love him. Yeah, I heard that. I heard I, that. I, I think if I could choose, if like if, if if you asked me, if you woke up tomorrow and asked me, could I could I be someone else like for a day? I'd be him. I just think he's cool. You see him sitting mm-hmm. around on his Harleys, like they're proper like restored things with his Guinness in his hand, his long black hair, and he's just that Simone kind of like dogged look where he's just yeah. he's a he's a cool he's a cool bloke. So. My missus always goes to me, goes, There's your boyfriend. I was like, Yeah, <laughs> damn straight, damn straight. <laughs> he is, he's a cool bloke, like and you and and you can't not respect that he's a good looking lad as well. Like he's 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 easily up there as one of the best looking lads in the, in uh, in the world. Yeah, he, de- he what's called if he walks into a bar, you definitely like probably leave with your missus. He's yeah, like, right, we're going. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you tell the you tell the bouncer he should, he's underage. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, in, in after going all over that, and now obviously you have like light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that you like realistically are probably going to be back in September. What's that? What like what's that sort of mentality like? Uh, those mentalities what what do what do you take the most out of them like now that you have like right even like a couple of months to build towards september what what are you going to take from that because uh you're still molding your craft like what what like looking at all them superstars what what you want to take most from that so i've been say i've been saying this to to my mom and dad recently and to to chris and tom and stuff and just the lads that i'm talking to in the gym and i just feel like that gap that may have been between prospect and contender or prospect and champion and up and comer is gone. It's not there anymore. It's I'm coming out to show everyone that I'm like, I'm, I'm it. I'm what's next. Um, like, I, I just don't understand. I put a, I put a tweet up last night. I was sitting downstairs and I was just thinking about it. I was watching some, some stuff from Muhammad Ali and I was watching just some, some stuff on, on YouTube and I was just thinking to myself, <clears throat> I don't see how how my mind is gonna be like being no one can no one can break me. Like I think my like my willingness to win, my obsession with winning is 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 next level. I think I'll do anything like I'd I'd I'd, I'd bat to my mom if I had to win a fight, you know what I mean? I wouldn't care less like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't care less. Like she and she knows that like I I just there's something in me that is different and I'm wired differently and it's the way I'm it's the way I'm made and look some people may call it delusional and some people may call it uh, young and dumb and whatever we'll see but sometimes you have to be man sometimes you have to be young and dumb as well though you know but if if I don't believe in myself who's going to do it you know what I mean so um, I'll prove as I said in the end of the tweet I said give me time I'll prove it in time so I'm uh, I'm just and my mindset now after all this lockdown and wanting to get back into fighting and wanting to get back training and yeah, I just it's gonna be scary now to see the, the next fight unfold and I don't know what way it's gonna go. I don't know if I'm gonna go in there and steamroll someone, if I'm gonna go in there and absolutely like just pulverize someone and, and take them three rounds and just dominate them and make them feel like shit. I don't know, I don't care. Let's see. Yeah. But it'll be my decision, it won't be anyone else's. So, well, this time it is like a real big time to reflect. Myself and Ross, like we started doing, but going back training as well, and uh, even like just driving the energy show and getting loads of guests on and just growing it as much as possible. Like, you used to should come out to the gym and do some training when this all opens up, and we can get back training. Use not to come out to KF and do some training. Um, yeah, Ross has been calling out Chris Fields for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, any yeah, yeah, speaking of that, any idea when the gym's going to open now? Because uh, well, it's, I, I in, think, you know? well, obviously for me, we can try, we can try so. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the gym, the official opening is the tenth of August. I think that's when the the government have have said that we can we can reopen the gym. Obviously, it could be sooner. And uh, it could be later if 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 stuff kind of takes a mad turn and gets worse again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll 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 have to talk to Chris and see can we source something because obviously it's my job as a fighter. So yeah. if I have something in September, it's necessary for me to train. So I'll have to talk to him and Tom and see what way we can organize it. But um, at the moment, I don't know. I'd just be talking shit if I told you anything. So no, that's fine. yeah, and plus your your man doesn't want to be your sparring partner anymore. So she hopes sooner rather than later. She was sitting like she was sitting there. She was sitting there like yesterday, right? And she was looking at her leg and she was pointing at it, going, "This bruises from you, and this bruises from you." I was like, "I don't care." I was like, "Stop being soft and let's go then." Uh, <laughs> you need to start learning to check it. those leg kicks, mom. Exactly. <laughs> she's. Got, she's I, I'd walk like I'd walk by and she'd be sitting there working at home, and I'm just like <clears throat> sinking in the rear naked she's like fighting hand fighting and she's tickling me and all. She's, she's getting good at this she, she's, she's knowing the kind of ins and outs now. like if I if I put my right hand under she's two on one on this and then she knows the left one's going to come in so then she's chains and hands and she's getting good, that's, good <laughs> no that's good actually but, uh, like are your are your, are, are your family big into the MMA now just because you or did they like it beforehand or are they big into it um, so my dad's been big into everything I've kind of I've I've wanted to do always. So he's he's been behind me 110. percent Like when we went to boxing, when we done boxing, he was always he was always behind me. He was coming over to to trips over to to Denmark and to Birmingham and everywhere with me. He'd be coming he'd be coming away and he'd be getting involved in doing charity events so we could raise money for the club. He's always been behind me, whether it was hurling gaff, whatever it was. Um, my mom a little bit less so when it comes to the the, uh, the contact sport because me get hurt or anything like that but yeah that that's that's mom's food you know what i mean no no man wants to stand there and watch her son get kicked in the head or something like that so that's <laughs> kind of under, it's kind of understandable but uh now she's behind me 110 percent, and uh yeah the whole family's kind of gotten into it more like my dad will come in to me and go see that video of such and such trainer that fights in him so i'm like no and he's like yeah it's gonna be a great fight i'm like how do you even know who that is like I'm like, you don't know. He's like, oh, it's great fight, great fight, great fight. Yeah, I see that. I'm like, so it's good to have your dad. Your dad subscribed to the Energy Show, so he knows. He knows the source. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's mad into. It. He loves it, so he's he's good, and it's good to have them behind and and be a part of the journey as opposed to not really knowing what it is or what we're doing. And yeah, it's just nice to have them. That's Big shout out to Papa G. Papa G. Papa G. will come back soon now, and I just it's start delegating orders now and what what I have to do today and what I need to do for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay here first of all this has been great crack uh, if you're new to the show make sure to like and subscribe because we're going to get into the world of mixed martial arts right now um, like here, I think we may as well start off with last week's main event as Gilbert Burns totally dominated Tyron Woodley and uh, it was actually sort of sad to see uh, Tyron Woodley just looking like he has nothing left in the gas tank uh, Ross you take away but um from watching folks previously, and I think this is what happened to Tyron Woody on this occasion, is he got caught early and he caught, got caught big early. And I think ever since that first round, which could easily have been a 10-8 round for Burns, I don't think Woody ever got it back into the fight. I don't think his head was ever in the fight. 
What do you think exactly um, is wrong with him, though? What like there is something seriously wrong with him? I think there's a certain. T- well, he's a there's that. <laughs> but I, I think there's uh, certain things that you know he freezes with, and he's frozen against Usman. He's frozen against Roy McDonald. Now he froze against the Gil Burns fight. Uh, I just don't know if he has it in him anymore to you know gear up for that fight. He's 38 now, and Gilbert Burns was much hunger coming into that fight. Uh, also, Gilbert Burns was is like training partners with Kamara Usman, so he knew exactly how to back him up and load him up. But also, I thought going into the fight, Woodley looked a lot less muscular going into that fight than he did have pre- previously. So I don't know if he's training as hard. I don't know if he wants it as much as he wanted it before. Ian, what are your thoughts? I I mean, for me, Gilbert Burns is such a scary dude in the sense that he doesn't care. He'll walk you down. He'll, he'll hunt you down because what are you going to do? You're going to take him down? Great. So, I mean, he's going to walk at you, swing whatever he has. And if you even attempt to grab a hold of him or drop a double or just just put your hands on him, you're entering a world now where you're definitely less superior than him. I think he's 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 probably the best grappler in the welterweight division at the moment, and he's obviously trained like he's in the same gym as Kamara Usman. He knows what that kind of feels like. I don't know how much rounds they get in together. I don't know what the the situation is. I know they do train together, um, and they're friends, but uh, he. he He's just he's he's no he's no fear and he's 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 a great reason to have no fear because when you're when you're a, when you're a striker which Woodley is mainly considered to be a striker he's got big overhand right good pressure kind of walk people back and catches them off guard. Gilbert Burns didn't have to worry about that because he was going I'm going to push him back and put him under pressure so that he can't offload and if he is offloading it's just so that when I'm pushing back it's it's he has to move he has to do something to. Otherwise, I'm just going to let you run at him, and he's not going to be able to do anything. What about, he, he, sorry, do you think the smaller cage made a difference, or do you think this was inevitable? No, I think it, I think actually if there was a bigger cage, it would have just been more room for Woody to run around. It would have been boring. Yeah. I think the smaller cage is probably a good a good thing for for uh, for Burns because you could get more more kind of activity. Um, I mean, if you get a closer strikes, you're going to get out of there and you're going to circle off, and you may, maybe if it's five seconds. But you do that ten times in a round. That's fifty seconds gone. That's 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 in the like a, it's, a, it's a massive time if you do that for five rounds. You know what I mean? You don't think about it. This could be five minutes sitting there just running around the cage. But um, Gibbons is a scary talent, and his 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 jiu-jitsu is is world class. And I think he's a great understanding of his style and what he needs to do to to win. And yeah, I don't know really what the what the what the crack is going forward with who he fights next with, with Usman being his teammate and stuff like that. But I mean. He'll want that belt, and I wouldn't. I don't think he'll care if Usman's his teammate or not. Out of respect, Usman will, Usman will understand the feeling of he wants to be next. He wants that belt. And maybe it might happen. I don't know. Have two teammates ever fought for a belt? Yeah, I don't. Uh, John I, Jones and Rashad Evans. Oh, Rashad Evans, yeah. yeah. But I think Rashad Evans s- left left the gym though yeah, for that. Exactly, didn't he? that's what I'm saying. Were they at the same gym at the same time? Like, I think I think Greg Jackson famously picked. Uh, John Jones over Shad Evans. Not the worst decision, but uh, the the loyalty <laughs> doesn't seem there with the uh, Jackson Winklejohn because that's what happened. Mike Perry and Cowboy, and yes. Cowboy, what's called Cowboy, left the gym. Uh, so like 
it can be defined a moment in people's careers. You know what I mean? Uh, well, see the problem. The weird as the weird aspect is now, right? So, so just just from a point of view, well, I know what Chris would do, and like as a coach, breaking down a fighter, breaking down a, a game plan for another fighter. Does Henry Houston, the guys at, at Hard Knocks, do they both coach against each other? How are you meant to do that even? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should stand and it's like, he's going to stand. Like, are they just going to go, right, lads, we're not going to the corners. We'll, we'll send someone in for water and to make sure you're okay. But like, if that, like, I know if that was Chris, I know if that was Chris and say it was me and James or something and me and James are fighting for maybe a cage or you know, just, just to kind of bring it into the same kind of aspect. Yeah. He'd go, right, lads, off you go. I'm not. I'm not getting involved in this. Where is that? What's going to happen? Is if they do fight, mm. are, are they going to be cornered? Are they going to pick like a teammate? Like maybe I might pick like an Adam Shelley, and James may pick like someone in the gym to come in and just just give them water and be like, right, you're doing well, you're doing well. So you're not getting any. <laughs> but you might, you might, you might have uh, you know Herbert Burns who's fighting this weekend's corners brother Gilbert Burns, and then you might exactly. have yeah. Vincente Luque corner Kamara Usman or. You know what? Like I think Henry Cejudo's good mates with uh, Kamara Usman yeah. as well. Like he might go and corner him. You know what I mean? But this is the thing because I know, I know Chris, Chris and Tom, they wouldn't pick a side. I know they wouldn't. I know that's not how they do it. They would literally go right, lads. This is like a spar. Off you go. Get in there. We're not going to coaches. We're not going to pick a side. We're both. You're, you're both our guys. We both mm. want you to succeed. But you're both come to this point in your career where you have to fight each other because you're both the two best guys in the world. You pick a guy to come in there, give you your water, make sure you're okay, wipe you down during the, the round, and give you a, a book, a, a thing of ice to, to cool you down a little bit. That's it. And I think that's that's a fair game plan. They they yeah. they fought each other, I'd say, before in the gym, and they're going to know their strong suits are against each other, and they're going to they're going to just do it. Alternatively, I think another scenario could be is really see the they should like fight each other almost on short notice. How it's not like that long of a build up, so mm-hmm. like you would like less the let the camp fracture less. And what if they're going, yeah. right, neither you can actually both go join another gym. Because they're in Florida. There's loads of gyms in Florida. Go join, join another no gym for six weeks yeah. and then have a fight and you can both come back. There's no way that would happen because you're not going to allow another fighter to go to a gym and fight for a UFC title. Say say Usman stays in Hard Knocks and Gil- Gilbert Brown goes to ATT. ATT and then he wins. And now the belt's at ATT and not us. At hard knocks and, and then you get a kind of a separation like a Dillashaw and, and Cody Garbrandt type of thing where you're leaving the club to become better but you're not and it just causes kind of mm. is that unnecessary beat is that the fight you lads want to see because the, an easy way to change this all would just be like right Usman you're fighting uh, Masvidal so therefore Gil Burns has to find someone else so like what what, what like to, to sort of well, the, the, up, what, what, the, what would you want to see the sort of brackets there Usman's obviously the champ and then there's obviously Leon Edwards Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns so all, all four of the the guys there who are going to fight for the title are next uh, personally I'd rather see Masvidal fight Usman and maybe Roberts fight Burns uh, I'm just more so interested in that, those, those match uh, Edwards, Leon Edwards, Edwards. sorry yeah, Edwards yeah, yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. fight, uh, fight uh, Burns I, I think Style-wise, I think they're both very good matchups, and I think, you know, I just want to see Masvidal back in there. Like, you know, I mean, he, after winning yeah. that BMF belt, he's he's taken a long time to uh, step back in. I think UFC was very much so struggling to get 
the deal signed with Usman and Masvidal. So we might not actually see it next. I don't really want to see Usman Masvidal. You want to see Burns Usman? Um, no, I kind of want to see Leon Edwards get a shot. I mean, he was meant to fight Tyron Woodley, and I, I believe he would have beat Tyron Woodley. Yeah. I think he's a very, very well-rounded mm. uh, fighter. I think he's... He's very, very good. Yeah, look, he maybe hasn't got the personality to be that that you want as a champion, but he's got the skill set. And I think I'd like to see I, I'd like to see the fight between Usman and Edwards. I think it'd be very, very interesting. What way does it work down? Does Usman just try grind him out on with takedowns and, and try suffocate him, or does, does striking distance and utilize kind of as the long straights and those snappy little right elbows and the clinch and stuff like that what way does it work out and then and then throw uh, Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal against each other that's what I'd like to see because that's I think that and then the winner of those those fights fight each other I actually think if they do Edwards versus Usman which I'd be all about that I love that fight I just don't see them going that way I feel like they do Masvidal versus Diaz or Masvidal versus someone else. I feel like they won't give Burns yeah. Masvidal. No, they won't. No, and no. the problem is they're not going to do Usman and Edwards because, to be honest, it won't sell. They're not. Yeah. Like, yeah. as much as... Much as they both almost need that one big fight, you know? Yeah, they do. But as, as, as both, like, as much as I hate to say it, personality makes a massive difference in... In selling fights, I mean, like, if you're a Conor McGregor, you're going to be, or you're like a, a, a um, Sean O'Malley or a John Jones, or, mm. you're just an outspoken, you're a guy who speaks a lot, he speaks his mind, he, get, like, he gets people kind of entertained, by the way, he talks as well and sells himself, that's a massive thing, and neither of them guys are really amazing at doing that, but, um, but their fighting abilities are, are top drawer, like, so I think just... For fighting abilities, I want to see that fight because I think it'll be a cracker. It could be potential like fight of the year where the two of them just get stuck into it and, and end up banging um, and it'd be a great fight. But I just don't think the UFC will do that because it won't sell as much as uh, Usman as Masvidal. Or In terms of like pay-per-view that. sales, do you reckon if they actually went Usman versus Burns and then like geared up teammate versus teammate and then you did uh, Masvidal versus Edwards on the same card, the grudge match, uh, the two peaks and the soda. Uh, if you did them on the same card, that would actually be the best pay-per-view that, you could do with those two. That, that would be the ideal way of working it. But I think Hard Knocks would try to steer away from having the two guys face each other as much as they possibly can because mm-hmm. you, don't want, uh, you don't want your guys fighting each other. And it just puts you both in an awkward position. But they could play it well and they could pretend to have some beef. Mm. And... Uh, and make a little thing out of it, which would make it more interesting for everyone. And I don't know. Well, like if you look at uh, those two guys, Usman and Burns, they're both managed by Ali Abdulaziz, who also managed yeah. Cejudo and Marlon Moraes when they fought each other, and now manages Justin Gaethje and Khabib, and they're going to fight each other. So it's not like Ali Abdulaziz hasn't done this before. No, no, and it's. I don't think it's anything to do with Ali. I think it's the gym that needs to decide. Mm. It's the coaches. Your manager's great. That's fine. Having a manager who's used to, who's the, probably one of the best managers in the in the business, if not the best. That's great. But it's your coaches at the end of the day that have to be comfortable with allowing you and your teammate to fight and what way you're going to work. And it's it just it's just an awkward situation. But like I know for a fact that if I was Gilbert Burns, I don't care who you are, how good friends we are. If you're the champion, that's great. But I want to be the champ, and I don't care. Let, let's, like if, I, 
who that's like obviously we can go on about this for ages, but as of right <laughs> now, who do you think is going to get the next title shot? Because like obviously we have to go into the uh, stuff. John Jones is Dana White, and I think they're going to try to master that. Yeah, I agree. Master that for the that. title. Yeah, I think so. Just purely because of money, money talks. Yeah. And he will sell the most fights. I mean, look, he is interesting and he has got the good skill set. But, like, I just don't know how you could give a mm. title fight after beating Nate Diaz. But they will try to do it because he's a big, the big star at the moment. So, and actually, it would just get rid of that BMF title as well. So, there's not people really going Because yeah. you can't really say Gilbert Burns doesn't fit into that BMF thing. The, the Bulls there are trying to get, put a spin on it. You know, The Rock wouldn't come out with it and put it on him. Yeah. But, uh, but, lads, obviously, like, over the week as well. John Jones and Dana White have a very public uh, fallout over fighter pay. Um, the, the, what exactly did you hear and uh, what, do you, what do you actually think of this situation? Ross, you may as well kick it off. Uh, well, look, apparently John Jones and Dana White are both absolute liars. Not one of them has told the <laughs> truth from day one. Right? All you hear is from the John Jones camp, Dana White's a liar. And from the Dana White camp, John Jones is a liar. Uh, the first I heard about an actual figure was... But Dana White said John Jones was looking for Deontay Wilder money. Um, and that was said to be around 30 million. Apparently, it's uh, John Jones was actually looking for closer to about 10 million guaranteed up front. Uh, I don't think that's totally unheard of. Uh, no, I don't think that's ridiculous either. I think that's fair enough. I think uh, John Jones is going to take a risk. He's going to move up to heavyweight. He's going to avoid France and Ganu, possibly the most dangerous heavyweight the UFC has ever seen. I've never seen anyone with a uh, bigger death touch than Ngannou. And he was asked to be compensated for it. Uh, UFC, I think, at the moment, because they can't do a live gate with the pay-per-view, they're almost reluctant to make that fight. But there might be a very long time before they can do that. In terms of pay-per-view sales, John Jones has not actually been uh, a great seller for the UFC. He, he, in fairness, he averages about 500,000 pay-per-views. Uh, it's not a bad number. It's better than most people's numbers. Well, he's never broke the million. Even when he fought Daniel Cormier for the first or second time, he never broke the one million pay-per-view, boys. I think that's what sort of holds him back uh, from getting that big contract. But again, if you compare it to other sports, you know what I mean, to LeBron James or to you know Tiger Woods or whatever, like John Jones is only getting guaranteed half a million a fight. Like these guys, like would laugh at that money. And yeah. you know what I mean. UFC needs to be making these guys more a partner than they say they are. Uh, when the ESPN deal cuts, you, the UFC fighters get no no uh, piece of that pie. And without the UFC fighters, there is no US, uh, UFC ESPN deal. Yeah, Don't forget as well, though, that the fighters do actually sign this contract to get that money as well. Yeah, yeah. true. They're just playing devil's advocate here, you know? In fairness, when John Jones signed the contract, he probably went, fucking hell, brilliant. Look at all that money. Look at those zeros. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think the, big, the biggest thing in it, right? You've signed a contract. That's it. You can't die. You put pen to paper. When you've signed that contract, you agreed that you were going to find mm-hmm. for X amount of fights for X amount of money. And when you signed it, you were okay with that. Now, because you think you deserve more, doesn't mean you deserve more. You have a contract. That's it. Like, just fight your fights and fight the contract mm-hmm. out and then renegotiate. But at the moment, like, do I think he's underpaid? Absolutely. But if he needs to be more interesting, if he needs to kind of 
change things up and, and fight a bit more aggressively to get more pay-per-views, then, then that's your problem. But do I think fighters are underpaid in the UFC? 100%. But that's, that's the business they're in. And, like, he asked for the fight. He wanted the fight. He was the one who initially put it out there. So why do, you can't put it out there and use that then and go, oh, well, if I'm going to move up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want more money. I understand why he's asking for it, and I, I do as he deserve it, absolutely. But I think a massive thing for the UFC going forward is the, U, the, the, the UFC contract with uh, Reebok and soon. Scrap that. Because I said, like, yeah, they're, they're paying them, it's pennies to what someone like John Jones would be getting off Nike yeah. when he was sponsored by Nike. And, like, even yeah. and like that's that's another thing. I still can't believe he was sponsored by Nike. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, he, like Anderson Silva was sponsored by like Burger King and Budweiser <laughs> and mad stuff. Like he was sponsored by Xbox. Yeah. Well, he was he was like the face of like Brazil at one stage. But this this is what I'm trying to say. Paul like, Pendred with uh, Chris L. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you when you talk about when you think about it like that, here's another way: if they get rid of the US, not one fighter on that roster cares about Reebok. They like in because it's not like they're going. Oh, Reebok look after me. They 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 do mm. this. They they pay me well. Like fair enough. Like they're not complaining that Reebok are sending them. Fair, fair. Some people gear. are getting paid well. Like someone like if you look at someone like Nick Lentz because he's had so many fights in the UFC, he gets like twenty twenty five grand. Rolling out the cash for Nick Lentz. <laughs> So, yeah, no, neither do I, and I understand that. But that's that's a different argument. If you're one of the top oh, it's dogs, brutal UFC, if you're, you're getting paid. Like how much does John Jones get? Ridiculous. So I think if they want to get get lads, make that make people like John Jones happier, scrap the the Reebok contract and allow fighters to have maximum three sponsors on their shorts or on their or on their t-shirts or whatever, because. Uh, they don't want them looking like a billboard banner where yeah. that's what the Dana White was saying, like is oh they, we want the kind of like a uniform thing, but that's fine. Three max sponsors and that's it. But that that could be the equivalent. John Jones could only need one. And I could pay him probably a million for the fight, and he'd be like, Right, if I'm getting a million for sponsors, that makes it happier. If I fight five more times, that's five million for just fighting anyway. That'll make it better. And also, it'll also mean John Jones is accountable for all his actions because he takes outside of the ring or outside the cage or outside of the sport and he goes out and has another problem, he's going to lose a sponsorship deal and that's his problem. Whereas he's always going to get it with UFC because it's a contract that the UFC and Reebok have made. So he knows he's going to get paid from them regardless and he doesn't have to really care about what happens outside. And I think if they bring back in sponsorships, it will kind of make, it'll make fighters just act a bit more kind of respectful and it'll kind of change their their their, their social media mm-hmm. presence it'll change their presence in the cage because you want to be more exciting because you want to get bigger sponsors you want to get bigger sponsors so you want to win more and fight harder and get to get to get that money so i think i think the uc is to make a decision now because their canvas looks like it's it's just ridiculous like they're sponsor you type p3 protein bars bringing you john jones versus Dominic Reyes, you know what I mean? You're sitting there going, like, there's every 10 seconds, Toyo tires, every 10 seconds is another mm. 
clip for a John uh, Annex, John Annex flat out on the mic telling you who's sponsoring what. Exactly, and that's they can still do that, but I think if you want to keep the fighters happy and give them a bit more money, let them go and get sponsors. And I agree, yeah, maybe there isn't people like you were saying there, like that aren't up the top level, but that's that's their problem. That's their fault. They're getting paid by the UFC to fight. They're not getting paid by the yeah. UFC to be better marketers or, or market themselves better. If you want to market yourself better and you want to get more money, go and do it yourself. That's a, that's a very good point, Ian, as well. Like, well, and even some of the fighters do have the monster sun and the shorts. But there is one thing, the way the UFC is so, it looks so clean with everyone wearing the same sort of shorts or like the same sort of brand, which it looks way nicer than the eye than some of the lads fighting in Bellator. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean but, but like no I agree with you I agree it looks more is, uniform and it looks yeah. it looks better and I, and I completely I completely agree with that and there's no argument but if you want to be the UFC and from a business standpoint and you want people to to be able to go out and, and say they want more money because look if you're a champion you're getting half a million guaranteed or you're getting say maybe a million guaranteed a fight there's a massive difference, like a massive difference. And if you can get that other half a million by sponsorship, so maybe John Jones gets sponsored by Nike and they pay him half a million for the fight, for the brand advertisement, for the back of his arse, his, the tick on the back mm-hmm. of his arse, which is where it used to be. That's, that's, that's his fault. He went and got that. Now he's happy with that. If he wants more, he can go get more. Do you know what I mean? And if he wants more money from the UFC, he has to step up and fight more aggressively and fight, fight for the fans and, and, and entertain more. Can't sit there and and, and try win rounds. You've got to, uh, got to do it right. And that's that's something that the UFC will have to look forward, look at going forward. Do they want to keep the, the, the idea of keeping everyone uniform and and paying them just what they they think you deserve to be fight, or let them go out and get their sponsor and get their money? Because I think there's no harm in letting someone like me, if I'm coming up the ranks and I want to make more money and I want to market myself better, market myself properly, and I could like potentially if I was. Tomorrow, I could potentially earn more money than than some of the lads who have been in the UFC five years because I know my personality is better. So why not allow me to go express that and get my sponsors and get people on board? Because it's not my fault that that fella's born. Do you know what I mean? It's not my fault that fella is carving stone. So leave leave. Let me go out and, and market myself and get the money myself so that if I'm not happy with how much you're willing to pay me, I can go and try kind of bring that in another way. I like, I like the way you, you said that people should be more held more accountable. Uh, Ross, what are your thoughts? Uh, I actually think UFC should sign a new uniform deal with someone. Uh, everyone is wearing some form of you know similar branded shorts. I like the way Reebok now have like they sort of have the Thai pants. They have like the sort of Muay Thai pants. They have almost like the wrestler pants. They have the different sort of version of shorts. And I, I do think that good is good in uniformity. But I think more fighters should be able to get more sponsors on their shorts. Mm-hmm. And if UFC have a deal with Monster, why don't they just put Monster on all the shorts? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then if they want to have uh, what's called two to three sponsors, you can have sort of either thigh and your arse sponsored. Yeah. Uh, but UFC has to approve the sponsors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, like some of them walking out with like, you know, uh, babe station tattooed in their arse. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're, Ross, you're saying basically that Monster show must come out with a default brand of shorts and then send yeah. them all out to the fighters because everyone knows what size they're going to be. And then, yeah, yeah so that, that's actually a great idea, right? That's so, a great uh, show. If you were yeah. to think about if, if, if UFC could come to a, an agreement with, say, Reebok 
Mm. And say Reebok were the big were big sponsor on the front of your shorts, right on mm. your left leg or something, which is normally your, your front leg because ninety percent of the fighters are, are orthodox. You've got that big Reebok sign, maybe Reebok across your arse or something, or whatever it may be. But you get to pick three sponsors. So you only need three sponsors. And they can pay you however much mm. they want to be branded on your top and t-shirt. Mm. But they will be whatever size Reebok decide they are going to be on the thing and whatever they do, that could be another way to work around. But mm. Do I see that happening? No, because business is business and companies only want to brand themselves. And why would Reebok allow someone to go out and market, I don't know, a, a, an energy drinker or something like that unless they don't, unless they've, they have no choice. They, they just sit there and go, no. So it's well, alternative, alternatively, what they could do is UFC could actually just create their own brand of clothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? UFC, and then they could put whichever sponsor they want on the shorts each fight. Because everyone gets a new pair of shorts every fight. And it could be UFC, and it could have, you know, Monster might pay for the first six months. So you have Monster on your shorts for the first six months. And then you can have whatever is signing. And then, like, UFC can just put in the contract. You can't have another energy drink as a sponsor because Monster is sponsoring this. So you can't have energy on one, or you can't have, like, Luke's aid on the other. And that's a very yeah. good point because it's not like the UFC lack <laughs> Aldi and loyal on both sides. <laughs> it's not like the UFC lack money to, yeah. to go out. If they have a deal with, with Reebok, but they could easily go out and start it, start up their own clothing line and then sell it on on their store and sell it on mm. UFC.com and stuff like that as the the unbranded kind of mm. UFC shorts. Like these are the shorts that people using the UFC but we've got Reebok and yeah. your sponsors on it and they could they could do that and I think that would that I've never thought about that that's a very mm. good idea and it would bring more money into the UFC if they did it that way and I'd imagine it'd be cheaper because they'd be going at net cost they'd be going at like if you're buying all these track suits and shorts and all in bulk and you've got sizes and then all you have to do is get the uh, the logos printed on them and stuff and you know what I, I, I think you should, they should bring the banner back idea. But the banner should also be like, it should almost be like your UFC profile or something, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And like, it should be like, you know, picture of Ian Gary here, Ian Gary with his record here. And then in the bottom left hand corner, you know what I mean? You can have like your sponsor. Up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying, hey, you can get your sponsors there as well. I, mean, I feel yeah. like the fact you're not allowed to have a banner is a bit ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. You're not fighting it. Like it's it's there for what a minute? Yeah, yeah less probably. I think it's maybe because I mean, people might like hide something on it, you know, and then they're like, "Holy shit, how did how did it?" Memory man came out to the octagon before wearing like tighty whities as one would call it. Oh, yeah, well, but that's that's ridiculous. Like that. Oh, I know that fella. Yeah, but like you, for me, you deserve a title to, shot after that. There, but uh, like like for me with cage warriors, I have to send I have to send uh, an email with. Um, my sponsors on it so for my, my fight gear if I have any sponsors on my t-shirt I have to send them my t-shirt design mm. and I have to send them my banner design so they can approve all the all the sponsors and if they were to sit, turn around and say like they have an Apex fight where they and I was to, to maybe rival another kind of company for them they'll turn around and go no, you can't have that on uh, that has to be removed and that's that's they're tearing charge, you know what I mean. So that, um, but that's that's how you could go about it. Look, it's it's interesting and it's something to look at going forward. And yeah. How are they mm-hmm. gonna? How are they gonna? And, the, and like the UFC have actually gone better with the clothes. They've come out more recently than ever. Yeah. So for them just to end their contract next year with just mm-hmm. a full stop would be a bit strange, you know, because they've almost yeah. 
master it. Like the way they mm. do the khaki shorts and stuff as well. I say they, they sell loads of them. Uh, I do wonder yeah. does Conor McGregor's deal end at the same time the UFC's Reebok deal ends as well? Let's see, let's see if Ian rocks proper 12 on his debut. <laughs> but lads, me? like, uh, if yeah. he paid me enough, I'd do it. Wouldn't care less. There we go. Uh, no, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll start like investing in the Irish going in like hundred percent. Sure, he's talking Deontay Wilder versus uh, Toys Fury too. Yeah, uh, lads. Yeah. Also, this weekend it is UFC two fifty. As much finally, as yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was like, I was like, two hours later. No, like, when you lads are talking away, I'm like, yeah, let it happen, you know. Uh, right, so UFC two fifty is on this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Amanda Nunes, the champion, is taking on Felicia Spencer in the featherweight division. Uh, it's being kicked off in the early prelims with the main event in that card is Husier Formiga taking on Alex Perez. Uh, lads, you guys want to talk about this, but also I just want to shout out Alonzo Mournfeld taking on Devin Clark and the whole night is being started by Evan Dunham against Herbert Burns. Gilbert Burns' brother, says Ian Gary. But lads, Husier Formiga is taking on Alex Perez in the flyweight division. I almost think the flyweight division, uh, you have to ask the question, what do you care less about? The women's featherweight division or the men's flyweight division? Man, don't because, start being a sexist today, man. Come on. Yeah, right? Because, like, I'm both divisions... I'm not getting involved. Both divisions almost don't exist at this stage. You almost have to just say, I'm UFC flyweight and you get in the rankings these days. Uh, look, Joseph Benavidez <laughs> is going to rematch against... Uh, Devinson Figueroa on Foyle Oil at some stage for the flyweight title. This could be a number one contender match. Who's here for me? Guys, lost last two. I think he lost last one to Brandon Moreno, but he's one of the best flyweights of all time. Uh, Alex Perez, uh, I think he's like twenty-two and two. These are two of the top flyweights we have. Um, if if I was to pick, I'm going to pick who's here for me. I just think his grappling is a different level, and I think. He, he's like one of those he's like a backpack you know what I mean once he gets on your back like he's there for the round and there's nothing you can do about it yeah, yeah I agree with you I think you've touched on everything kind of we need to say I think I'm not getting involved in any of the politics to do with divisions or yeah. anything like that. I'm not getting into that but I do I think I mean I think I think it's just a great fight I think it's it's interesting it'll be it'll be a nice kind of way to see how they're going to react to mm. the the flyweight division kind of being vacant, does it make both of them a little bit hungry to get that title knowing that Henry Cejudo isn't the champ? But we don't know. We'll look to find out, but I, I'd, I'd probably pick Formiga myself now. I'd offer Formiga on that one yeah. as well, lads. Uh, Alonso Moinfeld against Devin Clark. Who would you go for that one? I like, Moin- or, or like Alonso Moinfeld. I think uh, Devin Clark's a good wrestler, but I think Moinfeld has a bit more power on the feet. Yeah. Yep. I'll agree with that. It's because I know him more than Devin Clark. And then Evan Dunham against Herbert Burns. This is a big step up in competition uh, for Herbert Burns. Like, Evan Dunham was an absolute vet. But Herbert Burns beat that guy who briefly beat Darren Elkins in his last fight. So, I'm going to pick Herbert Burns. He, he's on the rise. Um, after seeing his brother beat uh, Tyron Woody there uh, last weekend, he, he must be absolutely pumped going into this. So, got to stick on the Burns train. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same train. I'm kind of on the same ideas. It's a massive step up in competition and it's it's a, it's a not going to be easy whatsoever. And do I see Dunham causing him problems? Absolutely. But can he go in there and just be a wizard and just take him down and sub him? Absolutely. So I'm going to just go with Burns because I, I, like I'm, always, I'm always a believer and I want to see the, the people with the hype and the people who are already up and comers do well and 
I think he's a, he's he's a lot to prove. So he's going to want to go out there and and, and prove it to people. And having his brother there as a kind of the next in line for the title shot, he'll he'll want to be up there with him and have his name up there as well as his brother said so that he can be on the same level. So I'm going to go with Burns as well. So I think we're all the exact same, are we, for the, the early prelims? Yeah. Yeah. Get your get your money down there quick. Yeah. There we go. Well, that means I can't lose then anyway if we're all in the same. So that's yeah, all right. that's uh-huh. we're all in the same boat as of now. So we're all going to get them wrong in the first three. Uh, in the prelims, <laughs> lads. In the prelims, lads. Alex Caceres, uh, Bruce Leroy is taking on Chase Hooper, a.k.a. Ben Aston's son. That's headlining it. Uh, Ian Heinish is taking on Gerald Mearskart. Uh, Cody Statman is taking on Brian Keller. Cody Statman's brother actually just passed away there last week, so he says he's fighting for him. And uh, Charles Bird is taking on Makai Pitolo. Uh, lads, we may as well start in the main event. Alex Caceres uh, against Chase Hooper. Who is who is back in the distance? Lads, I don't know if you guys know this, but Chase Hooper, the guy who looks like he's about 14, has a higher finish rate than Francis Ngannou. I'm picking Chase Hooper for the win. Uh, I think he'll get the job done. And I think he'll get the job done by TKO strikes. Alex Caceres is always a fun fight. Uh, he throws mad spin and shit. He's not called Bruce Leroy for nothing. But I think Chase Hooper is one to watch out for. Yeah, I'm going with um with Hooper as well. And the reason I'm going with Hooper as well is because, yeah, Alex Caceres is a, is a good fighter. He's 15 and 12. So he's beatable. Who's that, Artem? <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to fight Artem. I'm not getting involved. Jesus. Uh, I think, but I think, I think the UFC are, are, are doing this to put him in there against a, a, an experienced opponent so he can go in there and, and fight him and beat him and earn his kind of way and slowly build him up. Like what the way, the way cage wars do with fighters, they build him up towards the belt because they know that's the right way and they know Chase Hooper's young. They don't want to throw him in the deep end straight away. They want to just kind of slowly bring him up to that level. And the kid's cool, do you know what I mean? He's, he is. He, is. he has he's good banter like, off him. Exactly. So, like, I, I want to see him do well, and I think he's he, he's meant to be one of these wizards of jiu-jitsu. So, let's see, does he go in and do and do what he said? He's seven and out, seven oh and one. So, look, I want to I want to see the kid do well, and I, I hope he goes in and gets the finish. And I do think he'll he'll get it done um, against a very beatable opponent. So, the problem is he he doesn't look great on the feet, so he has to take the fight early. So he could get clipped by a uh, by anybody on the feet early because. Trying to take someone down isn't easy, but I'm going to go with him to get a submission win this time. I'll go with Chase Hooper as well, lads. Uh, shout out to Ian Hoynes. He follows the show as well. He's taking on Gerald Mears, Kurt. Uh, lads, who are you picking for this? Uh, I don't know if it's bad or not, but I actually think I'm picking uh, against Ian. Uh, I actually quite like uh, Mears, Kurt, or Gerald as we'll call him, to make it easier. He's, he's really good with a few cheeky subs. He's got a... Uh, uh, very good uh, guillotine and rear naked choke and I reckon he might be able to get that done against uh, poor Ian you know uh, he has lost uh, once by submission before in an arm triangle so he's he's been choked out before so I think he might get caught again I'm going to go with Ian Harnish I think he's going to go in there and dog it out and get a, a three round decision that's what I see it happening I'll go with Ian as well, just because Ross is the traitor to Ian, you know, poor Ian, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is going to be where me and you take over now and we take the win for this because he's going he's gonna to lose this. But. Uh, then uh, <laughs> uh, Cody Statman's taking on Brian Keller in the featherweight division. As I said earlier, Cody Statman's brother died there last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, is, he says he's going to go out and win this for him. Uh, lads, what are you expecting here? 
Yeah, well, Cody Sattman, he's got an unusual record in the UFC. He's like 4-1-1. and one. Uh, His last last fight was a draw to uh, Song Yedong, uh, our mate. Uh, Brian Keller has come fresh off a win against uh, Hunter Azur. He actually fought in the Anthony Smith Glover Teixeira card, which is what, like two, three weeks ago? So if they both had a full training camp, I'd probably pick Statman. And I think Statman's been in uh, training for this fight for a while now. So I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with Statman. Uh, I think he, he'll go out there. He's got a point to prove. And I actually think he is one of the sort of upper echelon guys in the UFC. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think I'm going to go, actually, I think the, I know his brother died. So that is a massive thing just on the mental aspect of it. And yeah. it, it could, it's either going to work exceptionally well for him or it's going to it's going to be what gets him gets him beat but I, I think it's going to be I'm going to go with Cody Zatman I think he's going to go in there and he's going to he's going to, he's going to have a different drive with everything that's going on I think he's going to want to go in there and push and make his brother proud and, and do it for him and I know I would if that was my situation I'd want to go in there and fight fight to the death so I also think uh, Brian Keller gets hit a lot so I think I think it's I think it's going to be a decision again. I think it's going to be a three round decision going towards Cody Slatman. and uh, yeah, that's my that's my pick. Uh, like obviously, I'd rather pick Cody Stamman for some reason. I'm just gonna, I'm going with Brian Keller, but I do agree. I think we could, we will go to decision. Uh, then this is this, that's where Ian just pulls off ahead again. <laughs> I should have just copied everything you said, and then like I'm joking. Uh, yeah. The last one that Charles Bird taking on Mackie Patolo. What do you expect? Yes. Yeah. Charles Bird had a, a rough uh, UFC tenure. He fought uh, Stewart uh, recently, and he lost by knockout. And then he fought Edmund Chabizian, who was like possibly the biggest prospect the middleweight division has in, uh, at UFC at the moment. Um, again, I think these guys could almost have been the card opener, to be honest. Uh, they could have started off tonight. I don't know a hell of a lot again, much against, uh, how do you say, Patoli? Uh, so Patolo, Patolo, sorry, Patolo. So I'm gonna go for Charles Bird just because I've seen him, and I think uh, I looked at Patolo's record, and it was like 12 and five. So he, he, he sort of wins two, 11 and five. So he sort of t- wins two and lives one. So I'm gonna go for Charles Bird. Um, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet in this side because I don't know much about them. But yeah, it's like picking in the dark, isn't yeah, it? We are, we are, we're here, we're here playing the game. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, just because I'm I'm a winner, I'm not going to pick because I don't know who's going to win, and I don't want to lose to you guys. So I don't I mean, know. I think I'll win. Going for the draw. I think, yeah, no, no, it's not going to be a draw. I think I think Charles Bird will probably win it. Um, yeah, again, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a finish. I don't know too much about the guys, so that's maybe just me needed to do a bit more research on them. But I, I I've heard of Charles Bird and I've seen him fight, so I, I'm just going to go with him just purely because I know him. But I may that may be the the ending for me now, I may, I may eat my words. Yeah, so. I'm going to go for Bird as well. Uh, right, lads, in the main right, event... I can't lose then, I can't lose then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lads, in the main event of the night, Amanda Nunes is taking on Felicia Spencer. Uh, also in the car, Raphael Sunso, Cody Gar versus Cody Garbrandt, Aldermaine Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen, Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin, and Eddie Wineland against Sean O'Malley. So, like, the main card is actually pretty good. You know yeah, I mean? a bit of a bantamweight bonanza. Yeah, on this, on this what, what would you give it a rating just by the looks of it? Uh, I'll give it an eight out of ten. For for me as a fan who like loves the sport, like right, that's eight out of ten. Like that's got yeah. Garbrandt Sunset, uh, Sean O'Malley, who I think everyone's excited to see. 
like it was funny enough that uh, you know Asuncao and Garbrandt are the co-main event, but like Santagan and Sterling are basically fighting for the number one contendership. Uh, Neil Magny's always game for fight, so is Anthony Rocco Martin, and Amanda Nunes is the absolute women's goat. So like it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give up for an eight as well. What about you? Uh, I'd give it a, a seven out of ten, and the I reason thought you were I gonna say five. <laughs> No, I'd give the reason I'd say 7 out of 10 is due to Magni and Rocco Martin. I think if they change that fight and maybe Eddie we- uh, Wineland, if they change those three people and maybe like you had a top level kind of middleweight contender fight, like say for example there, like they just, I don't know, I think with the lockdown all, I think they yeah. could have just put a better... Like, it is sort like, of the situation that it is. That it's oh, 100%, like that. and I'm not arguing that, but I think... If they had to put like if this this card would be a ten out of ten if they had to put like a like Jack Hermanson and uh, Gaslam that if if that had been on this card this would be a ten out of ten. Well, that would be a paper. That would be almost a main event because like next week. But that's what I mean. That, next week's that main be, event is Oi versus Calvillo, Cal which isn't. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not even gonna watch that. So. Oh, bad harsh, Give bad me, harsh. No, it's not. Oh, very sexist. Very, very, very sexist, man. Oh, very sexist. Look, I have to say, not he wasn't a, sexist not a back chance. then. Well, you've heard that's tragic. Back in a sec. Okay, that's all right. Well, I'll, I'll do the first one while Liam's uh, gone together. Okay, so we may as well kick it off with Eddie Wineland is taking on Sean O'Malley in the bantamweight division. Ross, Sean O'Malley, your best mate now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Sean O'Malley, editor, is alumni. What an absolute legend. Uh, look, this is actually the perfect fight for Sean O'Malley to kick up into the upper echelon. Uh, a lot of people probably won't know this, but Eddie Wineland actually once fought for the UFC bantamweight title. He's got great wins on his uh, resume. He's got Takeo Mizugaki, who I actually think retired there yesterday. Brad Pickett, um, uh, Scott Jorgensen. He's got a few good wins on his, on his resume. He is an absolute veteran of the game. He's got great boxing. And Sean O'Malley is you know, probably... UFC's biggest rising superstar. Well, so um, people that aren't aware of Sean O'Malley here, tell us a bit. Tell us why they should definitely not miss this fight. Sean O'Malley is undefeated. He first came to promise on uh, UFC Den White's Contender Series, and he's got so much like finesse and flair. He throws all sorts of strikes, spinning, and everything. And he's just like the ultimate personality, you know. Him and Snoop Dogg are best mates now. He's got like his own strain of uh, weed. Sean O'Malley is like everything the UFC is looking for and more. Uh, also, his hair for this week is like multicolored. It's yeah, something it's like a clown or the Joker. I don't really oh, know. No, no. But it's Takeshi Six Nine, man. Yeah, I know, man. I don't like that fella. So, like, I'm not giving him a shout out on the show. Uh, <laughs> no, rat, rats out, rats out. Uh, Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I like Sean O'Malley. I think he'll get the win here. I think it'll be a decision win for Sean O'Malley. Okay. You know? Uh, there's not a chance I'm looking past Sean O'Malley here. I think it's going to be a, a KO. Sure, uh, Sean, Ian, when you see Sean fighting, what do you think, what, what, what do you think of his, uh, the way he fights? So I, think he's, I think he's very, very good. I think um, he's, he's very determined. Uh, you can see his mindset is, is very... It's very easy to see what he's, what way his mind is working. He thinks he's the best. He knows he's the best. He's going to go out and prove it, and nothing's going to stop him. Um, he's a great personality, um, which the UFC are going to want to expose and get it push out there because the bigger star, 
the bigger the star he, com- he becomes and the more fights he wins, the bigger it's going to come, the better it's going to do for the company. So I think the company are also going to give him a little bit of leeway and give him maybe a little bit of an easier fight like with Eddie Wineland, like someone who's is a good fighter but beatable mm. for someone like Sean O'Malley. And I think that's what they're doing. And to be honest, that's business. Do you know what I mean? They're going to want to build this kid up and have him be the next Conor McGregor or, or next, the next... Jorge Masvidal or, or uh, Israel Adesanya and he very well could be that type of personality and I think his fighting style is very good his his, um, his counter punching is very good he's got a great he's got a great flow to him when he fights his, his shot selection is very uh, is very interesting and he's been saying he wants to he wants to show people his ground game and he wants to show people that he's not just a striker and he can, and he can do more than just knock people out but like uh, he hasn't needed it at the moment and it's it's going to be interesting to see him go forward and see what happens. But I think Sean O'Malley's going to knock him out. Um, I've, I've yet to decide which round, but I think it's going to be a knockout. Um, if I had, if I was asking me now, I would I'd say I'll knock him out too. There's, there's, so, something, there's something about when like certain people walk into the octagon that are very polarized, and Sean O'Malley's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> Like I'm obviously going to back Sean O'Malley as well because he's Ross's best friend, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what way to call it. It could be third round. Style. It's a hard one to call. Yeah, it yeah, is. Hard. Yeah. Fairness, uh, just, I'm not just, a master of picking the round. It's more like or picking the winner. But yeah. I sort of, I sort of, I'm left or right, you know. Just, just for people who are watching this, like uh, UFC, when the fight comes out, like they're going to resell Sean O'Malley. But Eddie Wineland has more knockout wins than. Sean O'Malley has fights so he's very dangerous with his hands I just don't think he's as diverse enough with the feet so I think that's See, where that's... Sean O'Malley gets the job done his kicking range exactly. is very impressive and it's, it's nothing to do with his kicking range I think, I think for, for me I think it's going to be his hands I think I think Wineland being that, that guy who goes I'm, I'm tougher than this kid I'm going to stand there yeah. I'm going to show this kid that I'm going to knock him out that's going to be his kryptonite where he's going to get crippled by because Sean O'Malley hits hard and he's fast, and his reach. And he can see, yeah, and he can see gaps that that maybe most fighters wouldn't see because he's a little bit faster, and he has that kind of death touch. So, I think if that's Wineland's idea, Wineland's getting sparked, and I think if that is his idea, and he's going to stand there right in front of him, I'm taking my idea at round two, and I'm trying to get to round one. Yeah, well, we actually that's had him on the show. Time. Like when we had him on the show beforehand, I was like, Ross, this one's going to be fucking massive. And then, <laughs> like at the very beginning, Ross started over speaking over him and all. But uh, we were both, you could, like, you, uh, when we were watching him doing the interview, I was sort of like, how the fuck did we go from, like, doing shows in Ross's room onto a phone to, like, Wait, have Ian, fucking, with Ian Gary to Sean Gary. No, like, you've obviously, you've obviously sat with us before, so, and we're obviously mates, yeah. Yeah, but, like, Sean O'Malley, it's like, this this is, like, like yeah, Conor McGregor on the Super, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. You remember the people yeah. who always mentioned being here, lads, well done, the hardest working lads yeah. in the game, this, that, and the other. I was just like, fucking hell, it's gas yeah. what you can do with no. just a few emails, you know? In like, my defense, right, my internet was lagging, so when I spoke over him, I couldn't actually hear him speaking. Matt <laughs> Ross, that was the bit. That was the that was the most fanboy you've been in any of the shows. Okay. <laughs> couldn't wait. Like, oh, that. My oh. couldn't wait. oh my god! It's Sugar Sean and Ali. Oh my god! Hi. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just, I'm just a big sap lads, right? Very good, man. Yeah, but uh, lads, uh, Neil Magny is taking on Anthony Rocco Martin. What are you expecting from this one? Uh, Neil Magny like almost goes under the radar he might have one of the best gas tanks in the UFC whether it's short notice or whatever he always shows up in fight shape he's got some really big wins in his career he's yeah. beat Kelvin Gaston he's beat Johnny Hendricks he's beat Carlos Condit 
Uh, Anthony uh, Rocco Martin. When I saw Tony Martin first time out, I was like, this fella's got something about him. He looks very, very good, but he hasn't managed to sort of, you know, get that big win yet in his resume. He fought Damian Moy, he lost him. He's beat Jake Matthews, Sergio Marais. But I don't know whether he could beat Neil Magny. Neil Magny's quite long. He's like like a gazelle almost. Uh, yeah. And I, I think Neil Magny would get the decision on this one. He's he's like he's like the what's that person called the gatekeeper for the welterweight division. Gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. No, he very much so is, and I think if Mark Rocco Martin can come in and upset at that, that sets him up well for his next fight of going in and getting a top ten guy. Um, don't know if I see it happen. I do think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a Neil Neil Magny decision. Um, I think Rocco Martin's best. Tra- Okay, so Ross, Neil Magny against uh, <laughs> against Rocky Martin. Who are you going for? <laughs> Rocco Martin, not Ricky Martin, but so uh, <laughs> Rocky. Oh, I got to go for Neil Magny. I, I think he's got a fantastic gas uh, tank. Uh, he's good on the ground. I think Rocco Martin might have the edge there, uh, but I think overall Neil Magny's better fire, and I don't see uh, Rocco Martin breaking into the top ten in the welterweight division. You know. Yep, completely agree. I think, I think Magni Magni's just gonna piece him up. I think he's gonna play it smart. He's not gonna look to engage in anything anything too crazy. He's just gonna piece him up on the outside, utilize his gas tank, and try to tire out Rocco Martin out. And I think it'll be a true round decision. A decision win to Magni. Um, and yeah, that's 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 the way I see it going. I think Rocco Martin has a chance if Magni maybe closes the distance to jump on something, but that's that's his only way. So if I was a betting man. Neil Magny's my guy. Yeah, I'll go with Neil Magny as well. Then, lads, in what is being touted as the like the number one contender spot, Aljamain Sterling is taking on Corey Sandhagen in the bantamweight division. Ross, t- t- why, why, first of all, why is this behind Rafael Asuncao versus Cody Garbrandt? If this is, I think, well, I, I think it's because uh, Cody Garbrandt's very, very handsome, and he, lo- he looks he looks better to promote. Uh, also, he was a former champion. And the other three bantamweights have ever fought for the belt. So, um, look, these two are fighting for the number one contendership. People almost might say that Benjamin Sterling was hard done by by not being fighting uh, Peter Yan for the bantamweight title in the first place. Uh, in terms of Benjamin Sterling, he's won the last four fights. Uh, he beat Brett Johns very convincingly. He beat Cody Statman, Jimmy Riviera, and then Pedro Munoz. Uh, all sort of, you know floating in between 10 and 15 in the UFC bantamweight division. And then you look at the other side of things, uh, you look at Corey Sandhagen, and he beat Rafael Asunso and John Lineker in his last two fights. I really like Corey Sandhagen. I think he is looked phenomenal in the, those last two fights. And on top of that, he's like vicious with the ground and pound, and he's much better on the feet than I think Aljo. I think Aljo is brilliant at jiu-jitsu, and he's a brilliant grappler. But... He's dodgy and ropey looking on the feet, I think. So I'm going to go Corey Sandhagen, TKO, round three. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, so I think I think it's a great fight. Again, yeah, the only reason it's not above a Sunset Garbrandt is because Garbrandt's a bigger name and he's more marketable um, at the moment. Um, I think this is a great fight, and I don't think this fight should have happened. I think it should have been Sterling versus Peter Yan for the belt. That's that. 
that only makes sense. I don't know where Aldo came from for the belt, but it is what Obviously, it is. when you lose to Mar- Marlon Royce, you get the title shot, obviously. I know. How I did you not know that? I don't get it, but I think the fact that I think I think Sandenhagen's gonna do it. I think Sandenhagen he's 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 a long, lanky um build for the the division. Um he's twelve and one, he's a great he's a great prospect. He's he's um boxing's very clean. The strike it's it's very good. I think he'll take advantage of it and I think he'll I think it's oh, I I want to say it's going to be a finish, but I I could see this going three rounds, and I could see it being a being two to one. I think Aljamain Sterling will probably have to come out and go guns blazing in one round because I think Sandhagen will win one. Aljamain Sterling might take two, and then it'll be a toss up for who takes round three. But I think if I was if I was to choose, I'd be Corey Sandhagen, and I think it'd be by uh, by decision or as you said, a possible third round finish but I don't think uh, either of these guys are going to give up unless they uh, don't have a physical choice that their body is left unconscious on the floor so well, well, you give us the pick yeah I'm going for Corey Sanhagen as well uh, I think it could be by stoppage in the third round I, I thought, I, he, just, he, he just looks like he's the next person that's going to really take on that title um, then lads in the coming event Raphael Sunsao is taking on Cody Garbrandt in the bantamweight division like neither lad is coming off anything seriously impressive Cody Garbrandt's coming off three knockout losses as well um, if you saw in the build up to this as well he's actually after growing his beard out a lot more maybe to protect the chin who knows uh, Ross what are you expecting from this because uh, this is a, probably Cody Garbrandt's biggest fight of his career Cody Garbrandt had in 2016 the most impressive year in MMA history he went from unranked to UFC champion. And ever since that, it's been all downhill. Uh, he, he lost, he, he's lost to uh, Dillashaw, lost to Pedro Munoz. Uh, well, obviously lost to Dillashaw twice, but I, I just think Cody Garbrandt, he needs to go back to the fire that beat Dominic Cruz. He needs to show that incredible boxing, uh, fantastic footwork, and he needs to not get emotionally involved in the fight and you know bring the brawl out because when it brings it when he brings the brawl out he gets less technical and he gets caught with stuff. Rafael Asunto, I actually think is the best UFC fighter in the history of the UFC to have never fought for a title. Asunto, I don't think has been ranked outside that top five in the UFC in a very long time. I know he is now the first time in a long time, but he's never fought for the title. He's absolutely incredible. I think at one stage he put together an A5 win streak and he still never got a title shot. I think he fought TJ Dillashaw and lost a, a decision there that some people thought he won. At one stage, hold on, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was 7-0, lost to Dillashaw, thought, and then beat, was the I, next four. I thought he beat Dillashaw. But, he, did, he did back in the day, but when it, at UFC 200, he lost to him. But at one stage, at one stage he went eleven and one in the bantamweight division and still didn't get a title shot. So like, it's uh, it's incredible to say he's an absolute workhorse. And he's bar bar lost to Marlon Royce, who he actually also beat uh, by TKO. I don't think anyone's ever like dominated him in a fight. And and I think Rafael <laughs> Sunset is going to win this fight. By TKO in the second round. Yeah. Hmm. I really don't know what to think about this. 
This um, is probably one of the most interesting ones. Like, I mean, yeah, but I I first, I'm dying for Garbrandt to win because, like, I'd love to see yeah. Garbrandt back at the top. I I want to see Garbrandt. I want to see the Garbrandt that, that fought down a cruise back. I think that that Garbrandt was insane. And yeah. I don't know. Is he still? Is he? Is he? The fighter that we all think he was against against Dominic Cruz, I don't know. Do I want to hope that he's coming back in like that? Yes. If I if I'm thinking he comes back in with even three quarters of what he was, he's a. I I think he could he could do well as a champion, but oh, yeah. I'm not too convinced on the decision, to be honest. Cosmo? So, so overall, who are you going for, Ian? I'm going for Garbrandt. And I think, I think it'll, it'll probably it'll, it'll clip him in the end. I think he might get a little knockout, but uh, I'm not overly, overly sold by the idea of it. So. Yeah. Uh, like this is the one I was sort of like on the fence about, but I am going to go for Aston Sale. Just because, like last, like the, for the last event, I was like, right, time would leave. Hopefully, he comes back, or and it didn't happen. And then to three knockouts in a row, like you know, like it's it's yeah. A, but, but but there's a difference between the Tyrone Woodley fight because is the sunset not coming off a loss as well? I know, I know, but like the, the, whereas Gilbert is on a five fight win streak in six months. <laughs> I know, it's really a big difference. I just don't think Cody Garbrandt has it in the chin anymore. Like you know, very well could be, and that's why I'm not really too sold on my mine either. But I just I, I I want it more than I think it. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that that's that. Like I mean, it'd be it'd be amazing. The amount of the people that would love to tune in for Cody Garbrandt going around with the title and like it. You know what I mean, yeah. it would only help everyone's interest. But for some, like I just I, I like obviously as Ross said, I'd rather Cody won, but uh, I just can't I can't see it happen. Also, he's changed camps as well now, so who knows? But who really knows? Who really knows? I'd love to see a Cody Garbrandt versus Jose Aldo. That'd be a swap. Yeah. Or I'd like to see Cody Garbrandt because, like, that'd be great on the feet as well. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen though until until whoever wins, we see in Sandhagen Sterling is winning that is, is getting that shot next. Oh, uh, absolutely. The belt. So I think. Yeah, I but think... maybe Peter Yan lost and a Cody Garbrandt win could set that fight up. Possibly, yeah, and it's it's a nice one. But I'd love to see him and Aldo. I think that'd be that'd be a great fight. What about lads? If the Aljamain Sterling Corey Sandhagen just goes to decision, and then Lakota Garbrandt comes out with a massive knockout in the first round, you never know. Like Dana could just be like, right, he's next. Yeah, possible, but debatable. Like I mean, I, I think the Sandhagen uh, Sterling fight would always have to be like a split decision, and then like people thought yeah. one more person won, the other person thought the other person won. For anyone to sneak in, I don't think I don't think it's possible for Sandhagen and Sterling to be a boring fight, regardless. Yeah, no, you're, you're, but uh, so, I think it could, I think it could be a split decision, though. Like you said, Ian, I yeah, think one if, person could get one round, the other yeah. the other round. Well, if if it is if it is a case of where it, be, it becomes like a, a unanimous decision, two to one, then it's still not going to be a boring fight. Like it's not going to be where mm. both guys sit back because they don't want to engage. Sandhagen <laughs> gets stuck in, Sterling gets stuck in. They're going to both go for it because both of them know they win this fight. They're fighting with a belt. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. But I think it's, 
it, the bantamweights, the bantamweights are in a, uh, they're in a nice spot at the moment because mm. no one's in charge of it anymore. They all kind of have free reign, so a win sets them all up to kind of have a claim for the title or have a, have a shit. Like Cody Gavin wins, he, he can easily call for that title. But like, look, I've had my ways. I think he needs two wins to get back to it, but it's the possibility. You know, mm. stranger things have happened. You know, Aldo just come off a loss and was fighting for the title, so. First, if if I was Cody Garbrandt and I went in and won impressively, I'd stay healthy because you know, Aldo's pulled out of fights before. Uh, yeah. Jan might they might struggle to get Jan over to America. You know what I mean? So they might just go. There you go, Cody Garbrandt is in. Yeah. Do you think you actually in possibility this is a complete side venture? Do you think UFC could actually potentially do an event in Europe in an empty stadium with like just for the European fighters to fight it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's a possibility as well. I said, I said it to Chris the other day. I said, I think, I think there's something going on. That's what I said to him. I don't know if there is. I said, I wouldn't be surprised there is something going on to keep the likes of Leon Edwards and Darren Hill, like, Darren Hill, and Jack Shore and Molly McCann and Nathaniel Wood. Like they're all big stars. Like in the UK and Ireland and then across Europe I think he'd be stupid not to kind of it's not on what Fight Island for or is this totally separate Fight Island I'd imagine it'd be on Fight Island that's what I'd imagine it'd be on but I'd ima- mm. I, I could imagine they could put a card on in a, like a London event behind closed doors and make kind of a European stage but mm. the only problem is then again the Americans flying over and so so I don't know I think it'll be a Fight Island and Dana will fly them all out and it'll be sorted and then that'll be it I think I think we have one one place left to go. Yeah, and the main Bruce event, Buffer, get your shoe <laughs> on. Uh, in the main event, Amanda Nunes is taking on Felicia Spencer. Lads, is there is anyone here going against Amanda Nunes? I am not going against Amanda Nunes, but I think the fight will be slightly more competitive than people think. Uh, Felicia Spencer <laughs> is like she, she's a big girl. She's like a tough cookie. You know what I mean? Uh, so is Cyborg. So, 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 Cyborg. But I think she's a different type of uh, tough cookie. I think she's more uh, sort of, she's a bit more grind in her than Cyborg does. Uh, but like Amanda Nunes, the absolute women's goat. Like she's beaten anyone who's ever held a belt in the UFC, bar the strawweights, she's beaten them. She's beaten Valentina Shevchenko, Durand, Randomy, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg. You name them. If they've stepped in the cage with uh, Amanda Nunes, they haven't walked out the better. Um, she is absolute phenom. Uh, UFC have done a semi decent job in actually building Felicia Spencer up to be a credible contender. She become the first person in UFC history to defend to, uh, two belts at two different weight classes. She is one of the goats in MMA history, regardless of gender. Also, she's about to become a, a mother. See that Nina Ansaroff <laughs> is uh, pregnant. Yes, Ian. Did John, did Daniel Cormier not defend both belts? Um, I I'm Daniel, not sure if he defended the he- did he defend the heavyweight. Yeah, Derek Lewis. Okay, he maybe defend- he did then. Oh, he, he defended against Bob Tom, didn't he? And then Henry Cejudo. Don't I think she's the first. I think, I think she's a part of three people to defend them. Her, uh, Henry Cejudo, and. Daniel Cormier are the only three people that if Daniel Cormier I don't think did it simultaneously I think he did it he, he yeah I don't think he held both belts so I think he gave no. up 
won the belts, didn't he? Yes, because because they, they wanted to push the division on and then Jones came back. Um, however, he did win and was still technically the champion. But I think Henry Cejudo had it as well and Henry done it. So I think she's the third person to do it, the first female to ever do it. No, oh, the Henry not get the Henry. I think Henry. I think Henry vacated his flyweight belt though before he he defended his bantamweight. Yeah, but did he not? Yeah, the, the yeah. Yeah, Henry. Vacated. Henry wasn't the flyweight champion when he fought Dominic Cruz. He vacated it already. Yeah. So Amanda Nunes will be the first person to hold both belts and get the job done. Okay, but did he not? Did he not beat uh, Dillashaw? Beat Dillashaw. Yeah, he, def- he defended his, he defended his flyweight belt against Dillashaw, and then he won the vacant belt against Marias. But when he defended against yeah. Cruz, he wasn't the flyweight champ anymore. Okay, fair enough. I think I, I think it's just hard to comprehend that because there's still no flyweight yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah, the yeah, last yeah, flyweight yeah. champion. Yeah. That's fair enough. Well, then, well, then the match like, the and there's still no one holding either. He's still the king about weight classes. I, I could be I could be wrong and you could be wrong. Uh, I, keep, I keep laughing at the last video we put out and uh, we put the IGTV video. And you're in. You're like, can we all just agree? Henry Cejudo is the cringiest person in MMA. And like, anytime I see you saying that, I just break with shit laugh. But, he is though. Like, I love it, but like, it is. Yeah, he's, like he's going to be do, uh, or sorry, an AEW wrestler now. He, he showed up with Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's his plan. But here, look, yes. I think Amanda Nunes. Oh, I'm going to say second round TKO. But I think Spencer will hold her own for about two minutes, which is I think more than what people are expecting. <laughs> two minutes. I'm gonna go Amanda Nunes first round KO. I'll go first round stoppage as well. I just think she's come up against far greater opposition, and she's blasted them all out of the water. She's—I don't think Felicia Spencer is even in the same ballpark as the likes of Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey and Chris Cyborg and Valentina Shevchenko. She's not in the same. She's not in the same. Same well, in fairness, she, 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 she beat uh, Megan Anderson by rear naked token. She was the Invicta featherweight champion. And, like, she went the distance with Cyborg. So, like, she is tough. I'm not sure. There's no, there's no debate, no. I just think when you, when you look at the people Amanda Nunes has fought and put away and, and so convincingly, she's not in the same ballpark as, the, as, those, as those girls. So, I think she's... Uh, I think she's coming in here, obviously, as a massive underdog and, she even does if she even takes a round fair play through, but I just I see Amanda Nunes steam rolling around the first. Um but I tell you what, she she's she was lucky to get out of that Valentina Shevchenko fight with the win. She's a different breed that woman is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if she, if she, she, I feel like if Shevchenko was maybe two inches taller, I feel like she'd have her, you know that. I feel like I, if she's I, two I, inches taller and that bit stockier. She'd, uh, she'd be able to have her. I just don't think she's as big and, and mm. that, that's the, the decision. Yeah. I think she's, I think Valentina Shoshenko pound for pound is one of the most amazing kind of strikers. Like the, the, yeah. Just a shot selection and I think she's brilliant. Like I, I think men, women, whatever it is, just she's she's brilliant. So uh, I think she's just unlucky that Amanda Nunes is there and she's an absolute monster. But Do you think that's the I fight next, though, for Amanda Nunes? Because I actually think it is. I think it's like uh, yeah. champion versus champion at, at 135. Part 135, yeah. yeah. Part 3? Yeah. Part 3, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, like, I, I sort of look at it going, who's she going to fight at Bantamweight and then who's Valentina Shushenko going to fight at Flyweight? You know what I mean? There's like yeah. not really anyone for those two to fight. No. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think they, those two are kind of 
In fairness, I watched them do. fight four times. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, uh, they can fight in their rematch would. again. Yeah, I'll be all about it. Yeah, that could, that could be a good one. one. That could be a good one for Amanda Nunes then to retire because she was talking about that flirting with it and like having the yeah. kid. You know, so maybe that could like yeah. that would really put like that would cement it. In fairness, should, should Nina Ansaroff not have their kid now? Amanda Nunes. Oh well, well then that's right. You know, because I was like, I was like, I was like, uh, the two of them who are both fighters, like Amanda Nunes, the one bringing home the bread, you know. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. To her. I said, yeah, she's. I said, uh, I said, Nina Ansar, her, her girlfriend or wife is pregnant. You're like, yeah, yeah no. Oh, no, I thought you said. I thought. I, I thought she said uh, she's waiting to have a kid, and I was like, all right. I thought you meant she was the no, one who was going to no, be pregnant. No, no, Nina, Nina Ansar was like walking around pregnant. Oh, was she all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats, congrats, guys. Yeah. That's good. Girls, man. Yeah, Jesus. Guys, yeah. oh, yeah. is an Irish colloquialism term. Yeah, Get know. over that. The that's the, that's the crack. 2020. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... Guys, guys is a non-binary term, man. Get out of here. It is, exactly. It is, yeah, it is. Well, that's... And if you, take, if you take offense, it's your own fault. Yeah. Lads, lads, this was great. Obviously, if the, it cut out there after a while, but yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mend that. But, uh, mm. lads, this was a good crack. We're obviously going to have to do it again. Uh, Ian, do you have anything else to say or anyone else to shout out or people to keep an eye on yet? I'm going to and I'm winning this. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll make sure. Oh, I'll, see. I'll have, have, have the pen and paper out watching the fights ticking people off as we go along. That's what I did last no, time. I had to listen back and be like, as write down everything. Uh, oh, stop. Ian, thanks again for coming yeah, on. We're going to do it again. Like, and uh, just, uh, yeah, keep safe and like, uh, yeah, and then uh, once we find out what the crack is with cage wires, yeah, I mean we'll be doing more. We'll have you on again a couple more times before that, anyhow, right? Perfect. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure being here. And thanks for always asking me, guys. It's always nice yeah. to come on and do something. So uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you for awesome. UFC 251. Gary, the pay per view king. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> make sure make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay energized. Stay energized. <laughs> he does it. He loves it.